The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all-new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The Miami Heat stay alive in one of my favorite circumstances. As we talked about, a team down 3-2 with home court advantage going on the road as the Boston Celtics did a round ago to pull out an absolute nail-biter just as 10 years ago another heat team led by another small forward did the same in boston garden i would say this heat team was much more of an underdog than that heat team was even without chris bosh going up against this unbelievable celtics defense and jimmy butler had a game that i think was every bit the equal of lebron james game 10 years ago just an incredibly memorable performance by him the miami heat needed so much from jimmy butler because tyler hero was not he did not play due to this groin issue and we'll see if he is available for game seven in just two days time that meant that the playmaking responsibilities gave vincent only played 17 minutes were primarily on butler and kyle lowry who did to his credit play 37 minutes we'll talk about that and that wasn't just creating for others which jimmy butler did to the tune of eight assists but for himself and part of what makes this game so memorable for butler is that the three ball was an important part of it. And Jimmy Butler has been a reluctant three-point shooter overall. It hasn't it hasn't been the best part of his game in the last couple of years. And he was huge on that in the early going in the game. He made two three-pointers in the first quarter and then added another one in the second on his way to four of eight from long distance. And But it was the energy that he brought on offense coupled with being an absolute disruptor, hearkening back to earlier in the series defensively with four steals. Yeah, and Butler had a sore knee. He said he talked to Dwayne Wade, his old buddy from the three alpha days, but also, of course, a, a Miami Heat legend as well. And Wade said, hey, you know what? No one cares about your hurt knee. And Butler, I don't know what he did to get that right, but he clearly had more burst. He had lift on the jumper. He was able to blow by guys, like a great spin move on Grant Williams. He was able to rise up over guys from the mid-range. He had both the set shot and the jump shot three working it in this game as well he had the burst in the passing lanes he got a ton of deflections and i think all four of his steals were anticipation passing lane steals yeah i mean jimmy butler per the track i I think actually you you said these are hand tracked he had six of miami's seven deflections and butler really was all that they had to create offense and but they found a way even though their shot quality was not amazing in this game actually cooper moore just tweeted this the lowest of the series they at least 
had actions that they could run to get something going and in the first half a lot of that was pick and roll the the heat finally found a solution to this boston drop coverage with butler going at grant williams in particular who's not really a traditional rim protector playing a drop coverage going at al horford a a little bit as well going at smaller players including Derek white and he had his iso game working at least a little bit as well hit a couple of threes off the ball or when the defense went under and it was and also got to the foul line more as well his 11 free throw attempts i think were more than he had in games three through five combined and he made all 11 of them of course had six assists in the first half as well again by getting that penetration being able to kick out against this more conventional pick and roll coverage and it was just an incredible virtuoso performance by him did you give his full stats no i'll do it now 47 points on 16 of 29 from the field four of eight from three 12 of 21 on twos 11 of 11 from the line nine rebounds including three offensive we'll get to the possession game part of this eight assists four steals, one turnover, one block, plus eight in a game his team won by eight in 46 minutes of action, or if you want the the full number, 45-57, which ended up being the high <laughs> in the game because Jason Tatum played a measly 45-12. Yeah, and he did not sit at all in the second half and only rusted for about two minutes in the second quarter early. And I think Eric Spolstra came out with a, a pretty desperate mindset as well, playing Bam and Jimmy together the entire first quarter. Miami getting out to a 19-9 lead. Boston came back into it. Then Miami led by seven after the first. And that was just after the previous two games, I think it was just so important for them to just stay in the gym in the first quarter, set the tone. They came out, they hit a couple of threes. That was massive. You mentioned Butler hit some early. And then I thought the other guy that had a memorable game given his physical state was Kyle Lowry agreed and Lowry was involved in some memorable plays charge attempts and everything else but he played aggressive (laughs) defense he and Kyle Lowry made five shots from the field he also made four three throws he was five of 14 it felt like almost all of those I think he had one one finish that was a little bit less contested um that was the play when when I think Robert Williams got blown by and Horford didn't react they were all like fortunate like you brought up one where his legs were kind of in the wrong position and it was late clock and Lowry made that and oh yeah like that I mean he hit two ridiculous three-pointers and was four of nine overall I mean there was that one in the first half where he just bombed it with his right leg behind his left it was actually kind of reminiscent of that three that clay thompson hit back in 2017 against or 2016 against the thunder just from way out didn't even have his feet set for over 30 feet late in the clock and then also i had and we could talk about this a little bit more because i did rewatch the end of the game just a ridiculous shot one of the two biggest shots of the game they're down three after a Derek white three try to run spain pick and roll it doesn't work he just just runs over to Jimmy Butler, gets a handoff, and then just turns around and fires a three under pressure late in the clock to tie it at 97, which is just a massive shot. It seemed like the floodgates would finally open for Boston. He had a huge drive as well then right after that to get fouled by Jalen Brown on his bad hamstring. He still blew by Al Horford in pick and roll, got to the line and got fouled. And I thought that he was also essential in a big theme that I wanted to hit on, which is what I thought was the strategic fulcrum of this 
this game, the Miami Heat loading up like crazy on a Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown off of the Celtics guards largely and what the reaction was to that. In total, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum attempted 25 of Boston's 72 shots. And Marcus Smart and Derek White attempted 29 of Boston's 72 shots. Yeah, and those guys played a lot of minutes. White was uh, 33 minutes, and he he played well. He was plus 5, 22 points throughout most of the game. Uh, but he was in at the end, and I thought he was a big part of what, frankly, was the Celtics' meltdown in the last three minutes or so, to, as well as Miami played. And what they were doing is... P.J. Tucker guarding Jason Tatum. Well, that's not a one-on-one matchup that Miami or, or that Boston wants. They sure as hell don't want Bam Adebayo switching on to Jason Tatum. And I think that's something that's probably been lost in this series and will be lost in this game, particularly because Bam only had six points tonight. He was tied for a game best plus 12. And the whole reason that Boston had to go to other stuff was because they just don't want Bam involved in the action at all. If he's involved in the action, and I think they quite frankly probably should have involved him a little bit more gotten him switched out uh, on the perimeter more and then tried to attack from other places early in the clock like boston was way too slow with their offense given what the heat were doing defensively where it was really important for them to attack early yeah you you when when a team is loading you create the advantage and then have enough time to complete the advantage yeah and but that's why boston's offense just had to go away from so much of what they did because they just couldn't run pick and roll because that would have put bam on either tatum or or brown and those guys can't beat bam out about it so then they tried to go after really most of the time it ended up being max struce and the way the heat reacted to that is they actually were okay most of the time switching truce on now so what they would do sometimes is again to bleed off some more time maybe pj tucker would fight through the first screen but then they rescreen and so struce has to switch onto him and then jason tatum he's not a quick attacker necessarily right he's doesn't have the greatest first stuff he's not going to just like overwhelm you with his speed as you switch onto him and struce did a good job as well getting into him right at the moment of the switch so he would have to kind of back it out the he could get their defense set behind Struce, and then as soon as Tatum would try to drive the help would come off of White off of Smart especially when both those guys were playing together Cal Lowry is one of the best help defense guards ever and he was just standing on the lane line basically the entire time sometimes the heat if Struce would get beat or Vincent would get beat who was involved in a lot of these plays as well then that guy would peel switch onto the corner guy and that worked, uh, I thought, pretty well. I mean, Tatum, when he was able to get up shots, was amazing. He had 30 points, and he did it uh, on only 16 shooting possessions. Incredible efficiency, but he had seven turnovers, including a huge one late. Jalen Brown had four turnovers. Even though he had 20 points, he was good in the first half, really wasn't able to get anything done in the second half and, and missed two key free throws. And so between just making those guys play in a crowd, pressure, and then just living with Boston shooting, and White was four for seven from three, but smart was only one out of nine so five out of 16 combined you can live with that and it it was just good enough defense that the heat finally making some shots and then just this virtuoso performance by butler and to a lesser extent lowry was enough to bring him home miami shooting 15 of 35 from three was was enough that and and they were under 50 percent from two boston was was over it a little bit they were at 54 percent total meant that miami had a little bit more of a margin to not win the position 
possession game by as much as they had in previous contests in the series. The two teams actually tied with 17 turnovers, 10 of which were live ball in each circumstance. Miami did have more offensive rebounds. If you, if you want to use offensive rebound rate, which I prefer, Miami had 33% of their own misses and Boston had 22%. But compared to some of the extremes, especially like that first half of game five, it wasn't quite at that level. And I thought Boston did a better job. Some of that was also Miami giving some turnovers. And I think another... Well, and quickly, uh, before you move on from that, sure. the offensive rebounding, yeah, the Heat had 11 and the Celtics had six, but the Celtics had 11 second chance point and, and the Heat had eight. Yes. So that actually didn't really help them that much. And then Boston was largely more efficient on the fast break than Miami was, even though they had the, the identical turnovers. And Boston, particularly in the first half off of misses, that was a big thing that kept it in it when the, the Heat were shooting like crazy from three in the first half. Right. And I think the other big part of the story from game six is how these two coaches and these two teams navigated foul trouble for simultaneously important players that also weren't like the mega stars. You know, Jimmy Butler had one foul. Tatum wasn't really in foul trouble. Jalen Brown was. But it was instead Al Horford. Part of the reason he only played 33 minutes in this contest was that he was in first half foul trouble. Grant Williams. Yeah, I think he played the whole second half, didn't he? He must have or very close to it. He played 21-34 in the second half. So yeah, got a short Grant, rest somewhere. Yeah, and then Grant got five fouls in 17 minutes and and he only played just, Grant Williams only yeah. played four minutes in the second half yeah and part of that was he, he got his fourth and fifth fouls both very quickly they actually started him in the second half rather than Robert Williams I think they just kind of liked how that went in game six or game five and also I think it's just better having Grant out there and they didn't really play Robert Williams much in the second half and so they ended up with the foul trouble with Horford and Grant Williams both in foul trouble in the first half and both of those guys are guys who can pick up fouls and this was just kind of a foul game anyway as Steve Nash would say and so I think that really just got the Celtics out of rhythm having to play groups that they really haven't played together all playoffs whether it was white and smart playing a ton together they play some together but not as much as they normally have and certainly not white smart and Robert Williams all together to just to have very limited spacing and again that's what led to part of the issues for Braun and Tatum in terms of turnovers and just not getting up very many shots and then they also had to go with Robert Williams at center and this is part and parcel of what I was talking about there but Robert Williams at center without either Grant or Horford next to him which is really not something that they've particularly done you know Robert Williams almost always plays next to one of those two guys and then he's able to play off the ball it doesn't have to guard the other team center I thought actually Miami should have taken better advantage of that uh, with Bam going at Robert Williams uh, and uh, attacking him because Bam clearly doesn't really want anything to do with attacking Horford or particularly Grant Williams. And, and then on the other side of the ledger, P.J. Tucker got his third foul pretty early in the second quarter, and then he only played 10 minutes in the first half, and Eric Spolstra managed that by A, giving Bam a ton of minutes. He played, I mean, he played overall, he played plenty, but he had 21 in the first half. And yeah. I, I wonder whether Bam played the whole first quarter as part of a plan or just because Tucker got two fouls and they couldn't bring him in as the center in the quarter. I think it might have been because of Tucker's foul trouble and then they didn't want to go to Dwayne Dedman who didn't play at all and so one of the other Heat players who got more minutes was Cody Martin or sorry Caleb Martin Cody's twin yeah, and but, Martin, but he got all 12 of his minutes in the first half yes he did and a couple of good plays had a had a three had a had a, 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 some aggressive plays in transition and also some of the the rough stuff too a couple of bad turnovers and three in total 
and those minutes didn't go particularly well for Miami. I mean, they were they were a, a weaker lineup out there on the floor. They also dealt at times with foul trouble for Kyle Lowry, Max Drews, both of whom eventually fouled out of this contest. And so you had to navigate role players where they're where, where, or I mean, some of them are better than that, but players who aren't your superstars, but have an important part to play that you don't really have good replacements for. And so that I mean, Victor Oladipo ended up playing a kind of a different role at different points in this because they needed they needed him out there. And and I brought up Martin already. So I, I thought that Spo Navi, I, I thought he managed that pretty dang well and out of bio he had a disappointing offensive game but i don't think that's because he played so many minutes it's just that was that was what they did but as you mentioned the defensive element needs to be a fully appreciated for bam and there are times when you look at i mean yeah six shot attempts four turnovers for him is immensely frustrating because going back to the 2020 conference finals he was one of the heat's best players and on both ends of the floor and he hasn't quite been that here i actually though the the player whose assertiveness some of it was that some of it was something else that drove me a little bit more bonkers at times in this game was Robert Williams and Williams looked really out of sorts particularly in the first half he had some better stretches in the second yeah but you know it, it was interesting right he, he just like didn't want to take it up inside he, he had a couple plays where he didn't rotate or didn't get or, or like PJ Tucker kind of like moved him under the basket which meant that Williams couldn't get the catch or the finish he sometimes wasn't in position for an offensive rebound or a defensive rebound because he got moved and it is a reminder that height is not everything and Robert Williams needs some more leg strength and some more core strength so that he doesn't get moved that way his agility is a part of the Robert Williams experience and it's part of what makes him special and I mean he blocked another three-pointer in this game but it is a reminder of you know that's part of why the the Celtics had some defensive rebounding trouble in this game and there are those opportunities he finished five of seven but there were a couple other times where it looked like Robert Williams is going to get something around the basket and it just never materialized yeah I thought there were a couple of ways when we talked about it before the start of the live show on playback of how Miami could be competitive in this game which they hadn't been the last two and obviously that started with just their guys feeling better which clearly was the case and then the other thing was that they could actually hit shots right like they're 7 to 45 from three and it's just so easy to get down on a team when they're missing shots like that I mean they shot basically the same percentage from two this game as they did in the last game around their 49% this game 47% the last game but they made 62 percent true shooting because they got some on the offensive glass and they hit their three-pointers and also got to the line a lot more as well and a big part of that was butler 24 of 25 at the line and for a while in this game neither team had missed a free throw and then tucker missed one late and then Brown had two huge misses oh we'll and get thought, there yeah 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 we we will i and you know, you wondered, hey, Butler, this is incredible. First half, 21 points, six assists, and oh yeah, then he just had 26 in the second. <laughs> it was just an unbelievable performance by him. You just And this is his fourth 40-point game in the playoffs. He has two in this series, and yeah, he definitely has had some duds too, and that has to be taken into account. But yeah, I mean, especially just going up against this incredible defense, which I thought did make some mistakes, and there were some things that they could have done better. Um, any other kind of big strategic things the things that stuck out to you from the meat of the game yeah i i this came up a little bit when we were talking about the proportions of shots that guys took but i thought and and i i don't think that the criticism of jason tatum for only having 12 shot attempts especially when he got to the line eight times was well founded however some of his turnovers were absolutely ghastly and when a team is 
is lo- is loading to you, a lot of times that can actually make the passes easier. And he had some where he was dribbling and like didn't the the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful quick double from P.J. Tucker that got a strip on Tatum late. And so some of those, I mean, Jason Tatum turned the ball over seven times in this game. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that is such a bellwether that it, in, I think, all of the games that the Celtics lost in the series, I want to say, he had six or more turnovers. And Braun, uh, as mentioned, was not far behind him. Another big thing that I thought was where Ime Udoka was going to go to close. And really, I think the decision was between Smart, White, and Grant Williams. They needed to have two of those three guys out there smart was guarding butler down the end and he he was really the one guy that it seemed like could defend jimmy pretty well one-on-one although when tatum or braun got switched on to i don't think they were getting killed or anything either but and white was playing well he was four seven from three he was making him pay the celtics i thought had a nice counter i'm not sure how intentional this was of noticing how much they were just totally cheating off of white and smart and then putting those guys in the corner so that they could just get much easier threes and boston started finding those guys in the second half and white hit a bunch of threes in the second half so that was a nice counter and i also thought actually they could have done more of Derek white handling and pick and roll with tatum screening for him because they just didn't want to switch that and white was able to get downhill uh, off of those plays as well but i still think they probably should have gone with grant williams even with the five fouls even with him having a rough game because white did give them a place to attack with butler at the end and that to me even though white was shooting it pretty well like i think grant williams could certainly hit those shots also and grant williams to me would have been someone that they would have felt okay switching jimmy or switching on to jimmy and they just didn't feel that way with white white is just a little bit too small jimmy too good out of triple threat too strong for him gets that first step and then can power past him so they didn't want to be stuck in that matchup and that really determined a, a lot of what the heat were able to do even as they were kind of struggling for buckets at times in the fourth quarter that was always an organizing principle that they could go after him which is crazy because i think of Derek white as like close to an all defense level of player but i mean just jimmy butler specifically was able to get the better of white in this series we also saw udoka stick with basically a seven man rotation peyton pritchard played a teeny bit but it and grant williams getting in foul trouble didn't affect that they just put more minutes on everyone else and game seven is only two days away we have a lot of players that are injured i mean the idea that everyone's hurt and everyone's going to play through it i think that's definitely the case and we'll see if tyler hero yeah. is going to yeah, be that, available that's the interesting one because i mean he basically now hasn't played for three games and uh, and you know that he'll change the tenor of this series too because there weren't as many places for boston to attack either and if he comes in it, it'll just really reset the strategy to some degree but you know i think as we've noted danny if you have a muscle injury that's bad enough for you to have to leave the game and not be able to play then it's probably going to be more than a week thing so I, i'm not sure whether to expect him or not it sounded like he might have been close he was questionable for this game in a heat miami heat rarity a questionable player actually did not play <laughs> like they've had these guys who have been like you know tom brady with a finger injury questionable the entire playoffs which is probably something the league should look at frankly um a couple other smaller notes before we talk about the end Derek white had a few incredible just chase down steals from behind yeah including one on bam bam got the defensive rebound didn't think that anyone was around it was close to a grand theft alvarado except that it wasn't off an inbound it was just awesome and and he got kyle lowry for a a key play too in the last few minutes of the game so i want to go through at least some of the key possessions i don't need that i don't think we need to necessarily go like every single possession but 
Uh, oh, there was one other thing that, that I wanted to talk about too, just through the meat of the game that I thought was interesting. And it was a play that we highlighted on the cast. This was in the first half still. And Kyle Lowry was going to set a screen for Jimmy Butler to involve Derek White. And Derek White knew exactly where he wanted to go. He just stood in between him and said, okay, why doesn't Kyle Lowry just go around Derek White and set the screen somewhere else? Well, the reason is that they want to go under on Jimmy Butler and avoid the switch. So if you're Kyle Lowry, what you'll do when you know the defense is going under is you set the screen closer to the basket so if the guy tries to go under then he's just going to slam right into your chest basically you're setting it you know half a body below the guy so that you force him to go over the screen maybe you don't get quite as great of a screen that way but you're at least forcing him to go over it particularly with such a physical driver like butler that's all he needs really to turn the corner and get into the paint so Derek white is like okay i'm not letting you get to the spot where you need to be to set the screen below the man who's guarding butler you're gonna have to go around me set it higher and then we'll be able to go under and larry's like well fuck that i'm just gonna run through you and somehow Derek white got called for the foul but just even that level of detail and that level of competitiveness and how well these teams know each other and the scouting report i thought that was just a great example of just the level of attention to detail and how you're literally fighting especially in this series for every inch on the court that's valuable and we're talking about a space that's 22 and a half feet from the basket in this case i I thought that was just a perfect encapsulation of just what this series has been and the attention to detail and the intensity required for sure where do you want to start kind of talking about this late going um you know i i thought just generally at the end uh boston's biggest advantage in this series was their defense that they could get stops hopefully just totally hold down the heat offense and even if their own offense wasn't amazing that they could still get enough down the end and it looked like they really the heat were desperately struggling to score they're at the point where they're trying to iso butler on smart that really wasn't working smart did foul butler once uh, on that but it, it didn't seem like that was going to be a viable strategy for miami and boston hits a couple of threes first they had al horford on a pick and pop where they actually got that white as the ball handler he drove in bam Adebayo got sucked in by that drive horford was wide open hits the three to tie it at 94 next time down they ran something early to get a switch gave vincent got switched on to al horford then he came up later in the clock got a pick and pop he just hit a three lowry reacted out of the corner to the pick and pop off of white white got a wide open three boston is up three and you're like man it finally they've come through miami's out of gas boston's gonna take this thing and that's not what happened because kyle lowry had that response that we talked about with that first the spain pick and roll three that ended up with a handoff and then driving by horford for a a foul in pick and roll defense putting him up by two and and then i thought really it got to the point where the teams were kind of fouling back and forth. Lowry had a bad foul on Smart. Well, and and then right after the Smart foul, that was a, a pretty bad heat possession of memory service. They just didn't really have anything going and Bam tried to make a, a long, or not a long tube, like a mid-ranger late in the clock. Yeah, over Horford. And again, he's just, as, he kind of shoots this fade away where he's like worried about getting blocked. So he like puts the ball way behind his head. It's just not an efficient shot for him. Porter it had good defense there. And then Lowry fouled Smart, just guarded 
starting pick and roll just shoved him in the back smart of course go down immediately those two smart one round 150 of their flop off that's uh, been going on ever since they started playing each other in 2014 and so smart makes a couple of free throws to tie it at 99 and then the celtics again took forever to get in their offense they try to get the switch they finally do but it leaves tucker on smart then they would have tried to get it to tatum with lowry but that's already under five in the shot clock so smart just had to take a three over tucker all because they took too long to get into what they were doing which i know is very maddening for you yes because it is a it is a preventable error and you even though your guys have played enough minutes you should have enough juice at the end of the game to just start a little bit earlier get the it's it's sort of an alternate theory of the churn get something going but then lowry turns the ball over this is Derek white stealing it from him could have been a well i mean in many ways it was a big play but it's a tie game and eventually on the possession and this i think was the it was the biggest sequence of the entire game because lowry fouls jalen brown and jalen brown misses fouling out by the way clear foul on lowry reaching he fouls out they bring in victor oladipo to replace to replace kyle lowry it was yeah absolutely the correct call jalen brown misses both free throws yeah, and yeah, then he had made all seven of his free throws up to that point. Up to that point, and so Boston doesn't get the lead. PJ Tucker gets the rebound, and then Boston. A we don't know who to blame here, whether it was Smart or Derek White. They miscommunicate on whether it's a switch or a hedge, and instead concede a driving lane to Jimmy Butler, who gets the end one. Yeah, Horford tried to come over. He was just a little bit late because they just gave up a straight line drive. Smart thought it was a switch. White thought he was hedging, and you could see White look back at him like hey what the hell i don't think they they hadn't really been doing much hedging i don't know whether they changed that like it seemed like they'd been switching white onto him relatively readily early on and so butler got the and one and this is shortly after butler had sprained his ankle too stepping on al horford's foot which probably should have been a foul and then he lost it out of bounds off himself they just gave the ball to miami on that play and they didn't score so butler is already dealing with a knee issue and then he sprained his ankle didn't look too much of a turn though so i think hopefully that's not gonna be an issue for him going forward and then so that was mistake number one then tatum got the switch on Max Struess, Tucker is initially on him. Tucker is then on Derek White. Tatum tries to drive and just goes into a spin move. And PJ Tucker comes off of White, who he had just switched onto, and just rips it away from Jason Tatum. He then just starts to dribble up the floor. And Derek White, you're like, oh, maybe Derek White could get a steal. They're only down three at this point, just under two minutes to go. Like, no problem, no reason to foul. And White basically looked like he took a take foul near midcourt. And I just, and Tucker hit two free throws. Even though he's like, he looks like so nervous after he shoots it. He's like bouncing up and down, but he made two free throws and that put Miami up five and Boston never had a chance to tie after that. It was just a a really weird, dumb foul by White. Like I understand trying to run him down, but he was so far ahead of him. He just like hit him in the chest. Like it was, it looked like he really was trying to take a take foul. Maybe he thought they weren't in the bonus and, and he could just take the take foul and just stop a fast break, which wasn't particularly threatening with noted transition dominator pj tucker on the ball so it was just a, a huge brain fart by white and white had another foul earlier in the game where he tried to get a steal on bam out of bio but went through his back and he was complaining about that and we forgot to mention the earlier going i just didn't want to forget it we were i i, I don't know the answer to whether it was a similar limitation or not ime udoka's challenge was a very bad decision and so at the time and it might have been he listened to grant williams which was a huge mistake it was an important play it was grant williams fifth 
NFL. And yeah, you and, and I also we, a Butler and one, right? And a Butler, I believe that's correct. And so it was an impactful play. And Grant Williams was vehement on it. And when we saw it at first, we thought, you know, the body contact and Grant, it was this weird play where Grant Williams said he'd bitten on a pump fake, and, but and, and he landed before Jimmy Butler jumped, but then he jumped again. And so we're fixated on the body contact. But then when they showed the other angle, it's like Grant Williams clearly hit Jimmy Butler on the arm. And so it was a no hoper of a challenge. And I don't know whether whether Imeroka and the staff just listened to the player or they didn't have the angle to see that he could clearly hit Jimmy Butler. But that meant that the Celtics were shorthanded in terms of timeouts. And then on top of that, when they're down six after P.J. Tucker splits the free throws. Well, well, no. So so he made two free throws to go up five. Yeah, yeah. And then, then Tucker got fouled again, again on a rebound yes. by three separate Celtics, by the way. They sure. called the foul on the third guy who fouled him, which was White, which was barely a foul. But Tatum and Smart had both fouled him first. Okay. It was a great rebound by Tucker after uh, Tatum made a great drive and set up Horford for a wide open three that just barely spun out. That could have obviously changed the complexion of the game down five uh, with about 120 left and then yeah i mean they just took themselves like to get these fouls where the heat never even had to attack on offense right you're you're taking your best asset which is your set defense heat going against your set defense in the half court out of play and just gifting them free throws on fouls away from the basket it was just giving up those three points as tucker split those was just a, an absolute killer it, it was and then the celtics call their first of the final two timeouts with a minute 25 to go and so you're like okay you have to get something really good off of the you know in this ato situation because you're burning one of the two and it ended up not being close enough late that that really mattered but it bothered me at the time because it's you know it's a six-point game eventually Derek White misses a three and I I said you and I disagreed on this a little bit uh, on the show just that like it just seemed like they were melting down and making mental mistakes and I think they just you don't get felt they needed more of a mental reset uh and to just say hey you know we're still we're down six we we're still in this like we got to play a perfect game but like you know let's stop just fouling guys as soon as they get the ball maybe and 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 honestly for a second it looked like they were going to get pretty close so White misses the three the Celtics get a second chance play when Tatum gets the rebound and runs it and gets a floater right away so it's down to four with a minute eight to go the heat have absolutely nothing on this possession and then jimmy butler throws up a throws up a tough long two and it goes in you're like oh okay yeah. now it two went from being left like but butler got it knocked away with 2.2 left and then he somehow hit a ridiculous fadeaway to off the inbound it just had no business going in but it was the, that was jimmy butler's night that's what gave him 45 points to tie lebron and then he hit a couple of free throws after that to put him up six and that was i think 46 seconds remaining and then from there i mean you watched it more easily than i did i thought it was pretty perfunctory you know they um they challenged the heat in another play that looked different when we saw it the first time versus the second and so it was a a reach on where it was either Struess or Tucker and they called it originally on Struess and I thought it might have been a weird effect that they could have theoretically swapped the foul to be on PJ Tucker which then would have fouled him out of the game Jason Tatum hits both the free throws they said that the call is the call stands Tatum well, makes well, both let, let me talk about that briefly I thought that was interesting just something maybe to keep in mind in a larger context up six with 40 seconds left or so you might want to do this more maybe if there's 35 or 33 seconds left where there's no possibility the other team getting a two for one again but you know jimmy makes this shot the celtics push it up and Struess follows tatum falls out of the game but that's not the end of the world with 40 seconds left up six to foul because they really 
the way they're going to come back is they hit a three they play defense and they hit a three again it's just so hard if they only get two you've still up four with the ball coming back and it takes away any chance of the other team not having to foul basically if you foul there and there's also a chance they might just miss one of the free throws depending on how good the free throw is now tatum makes both of them to get them within four uh but then they're able to run the time down all the way to 19 seconds left and butler missed a a shot there and the celtics did have a last gasp they still would have had to foul afterwards they got a fast break which was bad transition defense for miami in that situation yeah the only thing you need to do is prevent them from getting an early shot and a three yeah i mean they did a good job of running the time down but then like going after the offensive rebound in that situation is poor what did you think though of the brown charge and and overtime we've talked about being perfunctory so miami still would have been in pretty good control there with 12 seconds left because brown didn't make the shot either they he was on the fast break it would have been nice if they could have gone for a three there but he thought he saw a lane and it was a blocking foul that got overturned uh, into a chart it is a reminder that while the league has cut down on the out of bounds reviews they still do have the license to look at this and whether he's in the restricted area yes but then that provides the opportunity to look at whether it's a block or a charge and i personally i would like to see this called as a as a blocking foul rather than a charge i thought that he was that oladipo was not in you know he was not really in the in the line and he didn't take it in the path of the in the path of in the path of jalen brown and so to me that you know that should be first of all i think this should be the circle out and a bunch of other stuff but like if you're thinking about what what defensive behavior do we want to reward, what offensive behavior do we want to penalize, Brown was a little out of control, but also Victor Oladipo got there incredibly late. And there was another play, I believe it was earlier in the game, that was immensely frustrating from this officiating crew because they didn't do the snapshot idea. And so what the snapshot is, is... Oh yeah, that was the, uh, I can't remember who shot, I think it was Lowry who took a floater and White basically got a float and crash. Like Lowry's basically hitting the ground at the same time as he's running into White. Like White isn't even, you know, he's not even hitting him in the air, basically. I hated that call. Exactly. And so the idea is supposed to be you take a snapshot when the offensive player takes off is, is a good way of thinking about it and if the defensive player doesn't move horizontally or like kind of like kind of like their feet don't move and their body doesn't move and that, that was something Kane Fitzgerald got wrong in the, in the in the on the Dylan Brooks play in the Memphis Warriors series then it can be a, it can be a charge and I didn't think this play satisfied either one of those elements yeah I thought Oladipo did get there if we're going back to to that one now but that Brown kind of dealt him a glancing blow i mean to me if the call on the floor was a blocking foul i didn't think there was enough there to overturn i kind of thought it was like a 50 50 ish play based on how it's called right now though of course i echo your concerns about that that's the rule at the moment so now we get into game seven and that is going to be a fascinating game my celtics in seven pick is still alive i guess yours technically is too because yes you you changed it when you knew that al horford had COVID early on although we probably thought Horford's going to miss more than one game as well we did. when you when that happened I and mean, when you see the Herculean effort that was required from Butler Boston has been totally comfortable winning in Miami they've won two or three in Miami 
already pretty incredible that Miami has won two or three in Boston in this series I don't think that home court is going to be a huge factor here maybe just the absence of Boston's home court but just given the mental toughness of Miami I think they're not a team that's going to get worked uh, worked up about being on the road Lowry how is he going to respond after playing 37 minutes which is his most by far I think in the playoffs and certainly since the hamstring issue Butler how is his knee going to respond after this 46 minute performance smart hasn't looked like himself but ankles you can usually kind of get better it's not as bad where you're going to get a lot of swelling afterwards unless you actually re-injure it Lowry also went down slipped on his own wet spot after flopping and I don't know what he maybe it looked like a groin or the hamstring again as he's trying to get up so maybe he's going to have a little bit of a setback with his hamstring so that that variable obviously I mean the the Heat are going to need Jimmy Butler to have another just unbelievable game like he has twice in this series with 40 points I think to win this the heat probably won't shoot as well the foul trouble isn't going to screw boston as badly you would think boston i mean obviously the heat were doing this in general but the, i thought they were even much more aggressive helping off of white and smart and i think that boston will have additional counters ready for that so we'll see whether well and and one of them considering how well it's worked in the series is using Derek white as a screener more often yeah or the ball handler with tatum as as the screener also i think is and just generally for boston going fast getting into their offense earlier in the half court i mean and that's hard you know jason tatum played his ridiculous 46 minutes as well it's tough to say hey as soon as you get Struce switched on to you just go you know your your purpose now is to activate the help not to score on max Struce and then give us time to attack that and drive and kick and, and get the churn going so hopefully grant williams can play better and more as well and it shore up the celtics defense a, a little bit give the miami fewer places to attack but i mean miami obviously they're at home it's a 3-3 series it's not like they can't win this it, they force the celtics into a bunch of turnovers as well so i i mean I, I don't think this is anyone's game i think boston is a favorite to me but obviously miami is capable of winning and i just hope we get another close game classic game another just war of a game seven rather than miami running out of steam they certainly seem very motivated though after Draymond's comments last night, though. I'm sure they were plenty motivated anyway. Yeah, well, two two people said Udonis Haslam and P.J. Tucker both said thank, thanks to Draymond. Draymond, by the way, on TNT yesterday got asked by Shaq, who would you rather play? And Draymond, even though he's a TMT employee now, wouldn't say, but he did say, we're, I'll tell you who we're going to play. We're going to play the Celtics. And I, I certainly would have agreed with him. And it may well still be that. Like, Miami shouldn't crow too much. They still have to actually win game seven as well. But I, I can't wait, and we hope that you will join us uh, on playback it was a ton of fun to do that today and doing it for a game seven is going to be even more awesome link to that of course is in the show notes anything else we got to talk about before we go here do you want to talk about darvin hammer do you want to save that oh yeah yeah we should talk about that and this is something we talked about a little bit actually on spotify live right before that news broke and he will be the new coach of the lakers given the three candidates that they were considering i thought ham was the best of those who else were they considering was it it was stotts and who's the last guy was it atkinson yes it was atkinson so i i think you and i both talked about this uh, earlier today of just i don't think they need an offensive strategic mastermind here lebron james can kind of take care of that and frank vogel was already kind of the defensive guy darvin ham i think certainly uh, has worked with mike budenholzer and it, he's also formerly been a laker because no 
no one could be hired by the Lakers as a coach or executive unless they have Laker ties. He was there for a couple of years as a head coach, or I'm sorry, as an assistant coach. But really, the biggest thing is his emotional intelligence. That's the biggest thing that people say about him. And he is at least a former player. Hopefully, he will garner the respect of LeBron and Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. Hopefully not Westbrook, but there seems to be some momentum, as we talked about yesterday, that he'll return. So I I think given the available candidates... And I think we can talk a little bit about the unavailable candidates in a second here. I, I think what he is supposed to be seemed the best. You know, I, maybe you would have liked someone with a little bit more gravitas along the lines of a kid or a Chauncey Billups, someone like that who could really, you know, look LeBron in the eye as an accomplished guy and all that. But that sort of person wasn't really available this cycle. So it seems like Ham is the, the next best that they could find in that mold. Right. And it's always hard for us with assistant coaches because what are the credit, what, what of the success that the team had is attributable to them but ham does have this strong track record I, I agree with you that his history as a player is useful in this as well and the most important thing that a lakers head coach needs to do is be a voice in the room that the players actually listen to and the other thing that i brought up when we talked about this previously is when you consider the lakers inevitable roster given their limitations they're going to have a lot of minimum players the other part that you're going to have to entrust with this person is outside of their key players who else do you play and who do you sit and that is an element that i actually even though i don't know what darvin ham's going to do there i trust him more for that than i do one of the the rumored not available coach for the lakers doc rivers yeah and that's uh, maybe another place uh, to talk about this uh, as well is doc rivers was maybe rumored to go there there was talk that they were delaying daryl said oh no for sure he's going to be back and uh, i mean maybe this will just mean that they're going to fire doc rivers i don't think they will though especially given the amount of money that he still has on his contract and how much they're probably gonna have to pay for this team next year as well it it does seem to me that doc rivers has not done a great job in the playoffs the last couple years i I actually i'll take that back i thought he did a pretty darn good job in the toronto series i thought like getting these guys to run and i thought that was actually pretty good like by the end it got a little bit ugly but then they killed him in games i want to give him a lot of credit for the Toronto series especially because my expectations were exceedingly low yeah and there are points especially after mb got injured where things looked like they're slipping off the rails but he did help them recover emotionally to win that series and uh, with Embiid then out for the first two games and some of the flaws on the roster and some of the flaws of the stars involved i do think that i don't think doc coached a bad series in that series against the heat necessarily i picked the heat to win that series i don't think there's embarrassment in losing that series with the i guess you could say he should have done more to get joel Embiid the ball uh, but other than that by the end and it was uh, that game six was kind of a collapse uh, for everybody which left a bad taste in everyone's mouth in, in any event though it doesn't seem like doc rivers is available also seems like quinn snyder is going to be back in utah now going into the final year of his contract unless we hear that he's extended it, it kind of seems like now there's just a little bit less momentum overall for big changes in utah maybe they'll try to move gobert maybe they won't it's a, and, i mean frankly quinn snyder just doesn't have any other landing spots at this point in time it seems like greg popovich is going to be back i mean maybe that's the only other thing that could happen for snyder is if popovich moves on but the other thing too is the lakers they they don't have any assets to give up to waste on a coach no they need to use those they need to use those to upgrade off russell westbrook yeah 
exactly and, and i guess one final thing here too uh, do you, did you have anything else on the lakers coaching thing no is i i just want to talk about this butler game and they may end up losing the series if they do maybe it'll be lost a little bit to history although certainly this game has got to go number one on his hall of fame plaque maybe even above the game one which we talked about as well as going on there although this may not have been quite as quintessential butler as that game one because he was hitting more shots from the outside but i mean this has got to go right up there and i mean part of the reason that i love this situation of game sixes with the home team down even though this is a little different because the heat weren't favorites but in just some of the classic individual games like that lebron 45 clay thompson's 41 against oklahoma city in 2016 Kawhi leonard's 45 in dallas last year just some of the best individual games of the last decade have been in that situation and or, or lebron scoring 25 straight points that was on the road in a game five as the road team but they're most of these classic performances come on the road and this is just right up there with them I and mean, this is one of the best basketball games that's ever been played i mean it really is in the playoffs against this opponent on the road injured with basically rest- no other options no other ways yeah. to generate good shots yeah exactly i mean to push this team you know and granted they hit some threes too but to push this team to like a 118 offensive rating in this game against this opponent and it, it's so funny because you know you he doesn't get points like other guys right he it's not some guys when they get the matchup you're like oh well this is over this guy's fucked like he, he's just gonna score right and you it's it doesn't seem that way a lot of the time with but like every once in a while you get a smaller guy he can rip through get to the basket but it always you're almost always surprised sometimes when his shots go in and he just doesn't seem like that dominating scorer with the skill level in the bag although his footwork and triple threat game is very underrated and you you find yourself just like surprised just by the way it looks out there sometimes like oh yeah this guy is just like dominant and particularly doing it at age 32 now so i i'm just it was an incredible game i just want to appreciate it even if they lose the series to just see the greatness that he was able to summon from himself in this game i just really really appreciate it and i hope that we talk about this game the way we talk about all those other games going forward i'm so excited for game seven it's gonna be awesome all right well we will talk to y'all during that game for playback and then afterwards of course here on dunked on till then the legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.